Welcome to FSN. I'm Wes Carey and welcome to a special edition of FSN. Today we are going to be previewing the upcoming UFFL season and joining me today, special guest, Texas GM, Jack Knight. Hello everybody, Hayden from Britain, but I'm over here in the... It is Australia, isn't it? And... Is... I don't know. I don't know. Uh... Hey, that's why I never took geography back in school. Alright. Also joining us is another special guest... From Canada's TFSN, from Montreal, Charles Bergeron. Hello, Charles. Uh, hello, Wes. Uh, it's uh, really good to be here. And hello, Mr. Knight. Hey, hey, hey there, Bergeron. Uh, it's Bergeron. Exactly, Bergeron. That's what I said, right? Jeez. Uh, uh, Tyler Colt could not actually be here as he's actually currently getting married. Oh, someone's getting late tonight. Oh, God. Ooh, did did you listen to the last episode, Jack? <laughs> Please, we don't yeah. want to get taken off the air. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd get excited. He likes to, you know, throw his F's and his C's around a bit. Yeah, I was playing on calling him everyone's favorite swearing horse this episode. <laughs> Guess if he was a donkey, you could say he was being a bit of an ass. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right. Um, also not joining us right now is James Witherspoon. However, he will be joining us a bit later to give his thoughts. He couldn't exactly be here today, but you are going to hear what he thinks later on in the show. So, how have you guys been? How have you guys been since the last episode? So, I mean, you guys weren't on it. I mean, at this rate, I swear that the next episode is just going to be me in the toilet. <laughs> but hey. Mm-hmm. You probably have more of an episode with that pork sandwich guy. Yeah, probably. Anyway, um... Or probably his, maybe his long-distance cousin, chicken tortilla, I don't know. Oh, God. So, guys, how have you been? We'll start off with Jack. Uh, it's been a bit of an up-and-down few weeks, because obviously Jackie's been having, you know, her court-mandated therapy sessions for a nip addiction, you know, from, you know... The, uh, the nip scandal going off. Mm-hmm. I've had the legal lawyers knocking on me doorstep every five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's been like, nah. But on the flip side, as we all touch down a bit later on, the preseason's been going pretty well for the Ramblers, so I can't exactly complain too much on that front. I agree. I agree. Uh, Charles, how, how have you been and how has the hype been in Montreal for this upcoming season? <laughs> Well, uh, well, the, the hype uh, right now for the team is is pretty is it's pretty much like uh, I mean the the yes uh, the first year has come and gone uh, the excitement was uh, was there having our team but right now uh, well looking uh, well looking at results and uh, I've been uh, following. Uh, the team's training cap, and I've uh, seen uh, the preseason going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and uh, like I said, uh, it is be really interesting to see uh, because uh, the the Royale uh, as, uh, is uh, a thing that uh, that uh, has some qualities, but also there's some. Uh, still uh, something uh, left from uh, their, their uh, stay in Albaline. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, it, it, I'll be uh, it's going to be interesting to talk about further uh, the further down the show uh, when we're going to go do uh, the preview of the season but uh, uh, everyone is really excited because the season is just about to, to, to begin on Sunday and everyone are, are ready to go that is good to hear. I can't wait to kind of see if Tyrone Appley actually gets a starting role or if it will be Riggins first. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, but we'll talk about that a bit later. So we've chatted to our guests a little bit, and I think it's time to go around the world. This week on Around the World, I've actually managed to get a few notes about baseball. A little bit of big news here. I have gotten the locations for the first six FFBL franchises. Interesting. Ooh. Nice new shiny ones. Okay, um, right. I've managed to talk to someone who's currently working with the league, and they've managed to get me the six locations where teams will be. Granted, the first one we all already know. They have announced that the first team in the league is the New York Knights. So, pretty much New York get another team. Yeah, there's quite a couple of them. Was expected. Related to you and Jack? No no relation with... I know there's some knights over in the FBA as well, but nope, no relation to me. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely not. Um, I, I think the second team we got here, I think, actually, yeah, it says here they're based in Charleston. I think that city has had quite a history in baseball, so it will be interesting to see what happens there. Will it be the revival of an old franchise? Will it be a new one? I don't know. You'll find out soon. Uh, the third team coming in is located in Bowers City. Sorry, Miami. Someone had to say it. Yeah, well... It's really going to be interesting to see. I, I, I look forward to talk about the tropics. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to talking about them as well. I don't think Bowers owns this franchise, so let's hope there isn't like a... West Side Stories kind of thing where, like, one of the towns might... Well, there, there, there has to be a good team at least somewhere in Miami, so... Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, the next team is going to be based in Tennessee and in Memphis. So, essentially, in 2018, we've got what's probably a UFFL team coming into Nashville and a baseball team coming into Memphis. So, Nashville might might be the center of sports in America in 2018, but it really depends on how those two teams go. I mean, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how the sports scene is going to be uh, booming in Nashville uh, and in Memphis. Uh, it's it's really great to, to see how uh, sports has been uh, spreading uh, recently all over uh, America. Okay, um, 
The next team is based in Canada, but it's not Edmonton, it's not it's not Winnipeg, it's not Toronto, it's not Montreal. You want to take a guess where this team is? Hmm. Uh, uh, Tim Hortons Coffee? <laughs> no. Ah, oh, come on! <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't mind going to Tim Hortons, I'm just saying, it's not based in a Tim Hortons, Jack. I mean, jeez, where are they going to fit the field? I I really don't know. I I didn't ask anything much about the, the baseball guys over here at the Montreal Gazelle. I I know that uh, a while ago we had the Patriots uh, uh, over uh, in Quebec uh, in, in baseball before everything the team went away. But I, I'm really curious to know uh, where this team gonna go. Well. It looks like at the moment the bastions of baseball in Canada will be based in Saskatoon. Hmm. Bless you. That's right. We're going to be having a baseball team in Saskatoon. So that is another Canadian city with another franchise joining Montreal, who have a UFL franchise, and I think Edmonton and Winnipeg, who have a FBA franchise. So this is the... Uh. Okay. It's pretty interesting. Soon, soon there's going to be uh, sports uh, from one ocean to the other. Pretty much. It'll uh, be interesting to see. Maybe Toronto gets something in another league. Maybe maybe Formula One might head to Montreal for the Canadian Grand Prix. Who knows? But anyway, we've got one last thing left. Also kind of related to motor racing here. There is going to be a team in Indianapolis. going to be interesting there. Hmm. I mean, uh, Indianapolis uh, is, pre- is pretty much uh, a, a motorsports uh, pl- uh, uh, place, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, one of the biggest races in the U.S., the Indy 500, happens in Indianapolis at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And on of top course. Of, and on top of that, they've had a lot of motorsport there. Besides that, the track has also hosted Formula 1 events and far car events, so... Along with Furry IndyCar, this is a that is probably one of the most iconic tracks in the world. And I bet you that this Indian Atlas team is gonna have some pun on some sort of car. I mean, if they don't do that for the name, that is gonna be a huge missed opportunity. <laughs> We're calling something the Indianapolis Room Rooms or something? Um, not like that. I mean they'll probably find some pun related to some car, but it won't be like Vroom Vrooms or the beat beeps. Beep beep like a sheep. Yeah. Ah, please. Uh, enough of that meme. Uh, that, uh, you, you don't know how much I, I be, we've been bothered by, the, by this. Or by that song. <laughs> anyway, um, enough about baseball for now. It'll be interesting to see how the FFPL forms, how it goes, who's going to be the big prospects. That's our first big news story for them. We'll see how they go as a four. Now, on to the FBA, and Tennessee have been doing a bit of a trip around the world. <laughs> and they've been playing quite a few preseason games in, looks like, Europe. Yeah, I'd love to see how much I've been spending on flight costs. Yeah, but uh, what I've been know, knowing about is that uh, uh, as basketball is is pretty much uh, 
being played a lot as more renowned in the states. Uh, they, you, you, you don't, uh, you, you have to, to also consider that there, there's the Euroleague, uh, back in Europe that also, uh, has a, a lot of, uh, ground, uh, uh, all over Europe and many, uh, uh as we uh, all know, uh, that some, uh, some uh, star from the FBA, I think, is Cody Barrett, uh, played in the Euroleague for a bit during the strike. If I can recall, yeah, a lot of things to happen during that strike. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, anything else? Anything else? No. Well, uh, well, uh, where, 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 uh, where they were playing uh, those uh, those games? Uh, my, my, I asked. Um, it looks like they played Dakota in Frankfurt, Germany. They played Edmonton in Paris, and they played Biloxi in Stockholm, Sweden. Oh, oh I love that... they, they do good furniture, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I, and uh, I when Biloxi is in the place with that famous, uh, 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 who's the, the, that 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 cat that everyone likes to talk about? Uh, Say uh, ben- uh, Benzing, yeah, uh, that's now playing for Biloxi. Yeah, uh, yeah he, he's been he's been lo- lo- loving that trip there, hazy. He probably has. Um, yeah, he's had a bit of a history with our previous guest Hector Lewis. Um, so yeah, he's 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 been a he was a pretty good player. So. Let's hope he does stuff with Biloxi, but this week we're not actually previewing the FBA. But with Around the World done, let's look at what is probably going to be a huge season for the UFFL. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted one moment that you captured just let it slip yo his palms are sweaty knees weak arms are heavy there's vomit on his sweater already mom's spaghetti he's nervous and guys first let's start off with preseason yeah I uh, go ahead alright um I better actually get the stats up god we don't Okay, people making the notes. I don't think we were that organized this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's uh, that's all right. I got my computer right here uh, and ready uh, to to give as many information as I can on my hand. I mean, uh, the football is my forte, so so to speak. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got some mallows of head counts. Oh. Yeah, what? I wanted to know, Mister Jack. What do you love so much about mouse? I mean, it's here to taste. It's enough. Tasty. Is it like? Is it like uh, Bowers and is the 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 goddamn Tostitos? I don't think he's getting a sponsorship deal from him. Yeah, Jack Mallows. We can make our own brand. Yeah, and I... What, are you going to slap them all over the jersey of, like, the Geelong Generals? Literally, the Mallows. Just the Mallows. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get approval from the FAF on that one, Jack. But... 
Uh, yeah, can't wait for like the special promotional Geelong Mallows jersey. <laughs> it's just a mal. It's just a jersey made out of mallows. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. So, so well, uh, like I said, I, I've been. I, I followed. Not only I followed the Real during the preseason, but I seen the uh, all around the league. <coughs> Excuse me. It's all right. Uh, the the first uh, the first week pretty much is is a lot of uh, team are trying to test and get their feet wet uh, mm-hmm. after uh, after a, a long training camp and uh, there's been a, a couple uh, a few good games especially uh, during the first week. Yeah, I agree. Like the teams are trying to get their feet wet pretty much. With, they're testing everything out. It's better to do it here than to do it in the season. And in week one. First off, the Eastern Bald Eagles pulled off a bit of an upset here. They defeated the champion Las Vegas Bandits, missing Hopper and missing Carson, 28-17. to uh, The New Orleans Corsairs, I better try and get that right. Uh, they managed to... The Corsairs. Oh, the Corsairs. The so, well, it's better than saying they're the yeah. Corsairs. The, the Corsairs. They managed to squeak a win against the Baltimore Ponies in Aspen Redfield. Johnny Fields, kind of all right there. Uh, Chicago. Well, he didn't. He, he didn't did any mistakes on that game. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. He was pretty good. Really, not much of a star-studded debut that a lot of people would have thought. But he, he he played well and he set himself up well. So New Orleans might be in good hands there. The next match, an absolute blowout. Chicago pretty much destroys the Tropics, 25-3. to Texas gets ouch. a... Yeah, ouch. More to come from the Tropics later. Uh, Texas managed to defeat the Lonely Fargo, though they did put up a bit of a fight there, Fargo. In the end, Texas too good, 34-17. to uh, Yeah, it was never yeah, good to that... against Fargo. That was, uh, was yeah. a far-gone conclusion. Uh, well, the, although you did, uh, you guys did win. You you did less uh, a pretty a pretty big player during that game, ain't it? That uh, uh, that uh, that bunny, uh, Kevin Cousineau. Oh, giant bun bun. Uh, yeah, he's like since I drafted Kevin back in you know when I first took the reins of Texas, he's been like a little bit of a mini brother to me and all that. And it's like he goes out there and he hurts his butt. That, that that's not necessarily the it. I know that the the muscle that he he, he, he hurt is called there's posterior in it, but it's his knee. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, at least for Casano, at least you can say that this isn't a what I like to call a Trevor Watson situation where you end up tearing your ACL within the first five minutes of preseason. Yeah, but uh, I heard about his injury. It, it could be well on its way to return to the team uh, just about in the middle and uh, and the final stretch of this season. So there's still hope for for the Bon Bon to return to its team. Yeah, we need him back because uh, as we all touched down when we 
review the preseason transaction signings. Obviously, we've had to, you know, sign someone in the interim in order to cover his cover his slot on the left field. That is pretty interesting, Jack. Um, on to the next game, Montreal. Despite Tyron Appley putting up some decent numbers, they are unable to really get anything going against a very dominant North Florida defense. They end up going. Ah oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened in the in this game. I mean, our offensive line was sleeping. I don't know if it was the the, the first preseason jitters and uh, the off season's been a little slow to the team, but uh, our offensive line is way more better than that. And uh, uh, it was really a really shoddy person. I mean, eight sacks from the the, the North Florida defense, and tr- especially three of them from uh, the Shredder, uh, Kenneth Shredder. Uh, uh, Appleby uh, sure got uh, knocked around a few uh, a few times uh, during this game. Certainly, I mean, he put up some big yardage, but. Due to pretty much this O-line kind of collapsing in this game, he wasn't able to actually do much, and we're going to have to wait until regular season to see what else what he can do, because, well, he did not play in the second week. North Florida going over Montreal 33-7. The next game, New York really seemed to struggle against California, but California didn't score that much either. California went over by 10 points, 13-3, and the final game of week one, an absolute doozy. It was Grand Rapids versus Downriver. Field goal between them. Grand Rapids just getting the edge, 19 to 16. Yeah, so it was uh, pretty much a, a good, uh, a good uh, first week. Uh, we we had uh, a, a, a few surprises, especially uh, seeing how the Corsair were managed to, to pull uh, pull a, a decent opposition against the Ponies. And uh, it, it, it was interesting to see what uh, week two is about to get us. Well, let's go to week two, and we see Baltimore and Las Vegas again, but this time Las Vegas managed to actually get something going with the lack of Hopper and Carson, and they managed to pretty much beat Baltimore 31-14 to in that game, probably putting some warning signs or alarm bells ringing at Baltimore headquarters. Eastern continues on with their great run here. They managed to beat North Florida 20-10. to So, they could be a surprise package, but we will get to them soon. Fargo put up another decent game, this time against Chicago, but they fall short by 7. Final scores, Chicago 27, Fargo 20. And then the next game, Texas absolutely destroy Miami here. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. that was Texas hard to watch. Yeah, Texas are on the assault this year. It does look like <laughs> it. But can you really say that they're on the assault, or is Miami just that terrible? Uh, Texas are just that good. <laughs> you sure uh, you sure are proud of your team there, uh, Jack? Oh, hell yeah. And the next game involves Montreal, Charles, and this was another close one. Wasn't decided until right at the end. New York just get ahead by two points here, twenty to eighteen. First, uh, it, it was 
like I said, it was quite a good game. I mean, we, we, at the end, we, we were able to, to get even closer. Uh, uh, Ellison with four catch and 101 yards and, and Augustica that, that been running well, that, that, at uh, 100 yards and one touchdown. Uh, there was some good things showing up, but once again, uh, as we've seen the last season, uh, we seem to 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 get uh, to get uh, back in the game so close, but at the end we're just missing some execution, uh, and uh, we ended up falling short. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's. I mean, New York ended up getting the win, twenty eighteen. Montreal put up a decent fight. The next one was about as close as that. This time by three points, California get over Downriver, 23-20. to 20, And in the final game of the week, Grand Rapids managed to put New Orleans in its place, 30-10. to 10. So, uh, That's what I call the getting back to hurt. <laughs> I, though I do believe that they were playing a few scrubs there, so it makes sense. So, we got a few interesting moments here. Um, we've talked about the North Florida defensive performance against Montreal and the Kevin Costner injury. We're going to move on to Baltimore here. Howard Blivens. He was not good in front of the goalposts, and he failed to kick quite a few field goals. And now, for his reward of that, he's been dumped by Baltimore. Yeah, it, it, it's in this sport. Uh, it's 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 unforgiving, especially if you're a kicker. I mean, uh, you're pretty. You're as being a kicker, uh, your job is pretty much uh, as uh, just as, as I said. Uh, you, you have to be focused and uh, able to to constantly work on the pressure, and uh, all you have to do is kick the ball and. Uh, for uh, that team, uh, unfortunately for Blenens, uh, uh, he, he didn't seem to have it quite, quite uh, at all. So uh, Baltimore has decided to release him. Uh, that is, uh, you know, kind of harkens back to what I had to do with Roy De Jesus back in season one. You know, when the UFFL first reformed, you know, he threw six interceptions in one game. Uh, so then I get, you know, I took him to drop him then. So I guess Baltimore kind of went along the same lines. I think that can be debated. I mean, they had Levens for about a season. They decided that's enough. We're not taking you again this season. Um, the other interesting moment here, we saw the beginnings of the new expansion franchises in the Corsairs and the Tropics. Very interesting indeed. The Corsairs mainly showed that they can be a decent team somewhat. Meanwhile, Miami just shows that they will probably be the dumpster fire of 2017. <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's never uh, good to see. But uh, what can you expect, especially if you're a brand new franchise uh, that that uh, just uh, been drafted over an expansion draft? And uh, of course, there's the ominous uh, Joe Powers factor here. Yeah, what can you expect? Any team run by that fool. Oh, jeez. Um, Jack, as you would know, we both had to share a commentary bow for that guy back when the the Generals took on the Hammerheads at Lone Star Stadium, and how would you describe the man? He's a complete and utter drunk. I think he, I swear blind, he spent half that freaking broadcast off his rocker, and you know, off his rocker, and then I think we found him on the floor at the end of the episode, absolutely off his tits, with like numerous empty packs of freaking Tostitos everywhere. 
Well, considering that you left out with about five minutes to go in the game after, well, Geelong were not doing very well, I suppose you noticed yeah, that we before got we did. <laughs> yeah, it's like I had to step over the guy on the way out. Yeah, as I said before, when we were packing up the equipment there, he was still there. In fact, we had to nudge him to wake him up, and then he just gobbled nonsense at us. He was that drunk. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, considering he's now supposedly running the league, and he's now running Miami as well, we're doomed. As the guy said back in in Dad's Army, he's like, we're doomed. I mean, it was surprising, but uh, but as uh, even more surprising that that I mean, uh, the the board uh, of directors of the UFFL did all the the the, the screening and the checkup to make sure. And as as crazy as it seems, every everything that has uh, checked out. So I've uh, uh, something. You, you uh, we have to see. I mean, uh, even <coughs> if uh, Mr. Bowers is Bowers. Uh, uh, we still have a, a good season to look ahead. Definitely, definitely. So those were the interesting moments for preseason. Now let's move on to some of the preseason transactions here. Uh, first off, we start start off with the Miami Bauer Tropics here. The they have signed Frederick Mendoza for a one year, one point two million dollar contract, and Joshua Ratcliffe for a one. One year, fifty k contract, fifty thousand, oh, fifty thousand, fifty, sorry, five hundred thousand, five hundred thousand k. Got there in the end. Yeah, got there in the end. Yeah. yeah, I'm just used to I'm just used to Faffle contracts. Like that is like a big that is a big load of money for the Faffle, but certainly isn't the UFFL. Yeah, we. I mean, don't. <laughs> I mean, those signings was pretty much uh, some emergency. As uh, even uh, even uh, uh, the first game uh, uh, the Tropics had, uh, they already had the two players out for a long while. Uh, Fry with ruptures disc out for four to six weeks, and Lackey a torn quad out for twelve to sixteen weeks. So. Uh, if is any indication how this uh, this season for the tropics is gonna go, uh, it's gonna be a long one. Yeah, uh, Jack. Any any more thoughts on the tropics there and the signings and the injuries and that? Oh, you mean the uh, Miami Bowers, as I like to call them? Yeah. Uh, it's just like I think they were just like say just covering them up for the injuries, which is the same as what Texas had to do. Sometimes you know when the injuries happen, you have to make you know have to grab what you can. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Fargo Axman make a few signings here. They get Raphael McCormick for a one-year $3.25 million contract and Ed Levine for a one-year $1.75 million contract. Well, obviously, this signing from Fargo has been a calling card for the, the, the prison GM that's been really active during the offseason. Uh, to really rebuild and reshape the team uh, to be ready for this season, and there is just a, 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 another like a, a, another smart signing in order to get the the, the team uh, ready for the season. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I mean, the team did not exactly go very well last season, despite all the efforts from Christina Carson. So, I mean, a new they, 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 they... 
They want to on us. Yeah, well, if this, if the Axemen, if the new GM and the new management can actually help out this team, I think they might be they might be a decent team. But I think there's a long way to go with that. Um, here we go. More about Howard Blivens here. He was released, and in his place, Chad Patterson has gotten his call up. He'll be getting a two-year, one point five million dollar deal here. It's uh, pretty. It's uh, pretty much a step up for the Blevins, That's for sure. Uh, a good kid and a quality kicker that uh, they just they just pull up in order to rectify this. So they all they don't have to always rely on Aspen on the offense. That is true. So I think Patterson. They're going to have to hope that he pulls through. Uh, meanwhile, finally, Jack. We've got your player. You signed Mox Prowl to a one-year, one-million-dollar contract to fill in for Kevin Costner. Yeah, because like I say, no, with you know, Kuzina could be in out for about literally about half the season. At least quite a sizable hole. And I'm not making mention in the size of his backside. Uh, so quite a sizable hole in you know our defense signs here. So obviously we had to make an emergency signing. And um, browsing through the free agency pool, Prowler. Literally ticked all the boxes and had exactly what we was looking for. So obviously the guy's excited, you know, to be playing for the Ramblers, you know, taking a step up into the big leagues. So we're happy and eager to see what he can do for us. That's that is pretty good. I hope he kind of pulls through for you, uh, Charles. We've got an, we've got a guy here who has filed for free agency. Um, I'm gonna try and say his name, but considering my luck, I'm probably gonna end up botching it. If I botch it, I'm sorry. Uh, Timu Foxaletic. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I was also a little skeptical in, in, in telling his name, but I think, like I said, uh, I, I did a research. It's Timu Foxaletic. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I, I did my research about this kid, uh, uh, 6'3", 200 pounds. Uh, he's uh, actually, uh, uh, he was uh, born a prince in a small kid, uh, kingdom. Prince. Uh, he's from uh, Cairo, Egypt. Oh. Uh, that, that's pretty much uh, interesting. It's not a place that uh, you would uh, expect. Uh, for, uh, to have a player uh, especially playing football but uh, I, uh, from uh, the player background uh, he was uh, he started missing in his local school but he was very interested in sports such as football and soccer mm-hmm. uh, he grew in our soul uh, of uh, all boys he, he became a gritty and tough fox with thick skin and a strong mindset mm-hmm. Uh so uh, he, he has a quality in the tough in the toughness uh, and also the smart mind uh, to be a good. It's actually a tight end. Uh, it, it'll be in, yeah. Uh, it was. It'd be interesting to see if a team is going to take a chance uh, for the with this kid uh, once his uh, paperwork uh, are complete uh, for a film just see. Uh, I don't know really uh, right now who's uh, really earning for a tight end. Uh, yeah. Maybe a team that 
that uh, that's really need uh, to step up the offense uh, going team. But it, it'd be interesting to see where this kid go. Yeah, that, it will be interesting to, to see where this guy goes. I mean, he could have waited for the next draft, but he's going to go for free agency. And the last guy who did it, Garen's Kenton, well, Kenton got signed, and he's actually been a very good player for the Renegades. And we all know who he's now, or at least was, dating. Yeah. So. Hmm. Always been grabby for one after my sister. Bah. Finally, he said it. That made my night. Uh, well, anyway, we're now going to preview the season. We've got some teams to look at. We're going to give our picks for who we think is going to the playoffs. How do we think Me. these other teams are going to go? They're so, going to suck. What? They're going to suck, and I'm going to go to the playoffs. Woo! Uh, it doesn't exactly work like that. Um, yeah, there's got to be teams in the playoffs for you to beat. You're getting that. Anyway, well, let's start off with the runner-up last year, the California Dons. Well, uh, the Dons, the Dons, uh, as as really still have a good uh, potent team. Uh, I mean, uh, they, they they got all the way to the fur bowl last year, and of, uh, unfortunately. Uh, the Las Vegas defense uh, did did their work, and uh, and uh, on the other hand, uh, while uh, the defense of the Dons was good, uh, they they bended they bended, but did not break. But they bended a little too much, so mm-hmm. uh, at the end, uh, the the title went to uh, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to put up with the sight of Kobe Carson. World champion. Oh. Like he's an ace playing the ace guy, but he had an ego the size of a truck. I think it's bigger than a truck. I think the size of an like God, the the biggest airplane you can think of. I don't he know. probably had an ego the size of Kuzno's backside. Woof. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, geez, we, I don't know if we've seen the last of him. I think, he, considering how I think I've seen how he's reacted, I think he could, I think it's not the last we'll ever see of him, but it's probably the last we'll ever see of him in the UFFL, certainly. He'll be around somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. So. So, uh, about, uh, about the dots, uh, uh, next season, uh, they didn't lose too much. I mean, they, they got uh, all the big pieces uh, that they still have uh, there, especially uh, on uh, their linebacker core as they were managed to re-sign Artemis Griner. Hmm. Okay. But uh, one thing that concerns me, though, about uh, them is that other than Griner, everyone in their linebacker core are rookies. Oh, that can go either any of them. Taking a big risk with that. Yeah, it's it'd be interesting. Obviously, Griner guy have to be the captain role for the in leading this offense, mm-hmm. this defense. I mean, right. but uh, it'll be interesting because, but uh, again, uh, they still have a potent team <coughs> with Page as quarterback and. Uh, 
also with their running, uh, their running core with Charlotte Wars, uh, and also their receiving core, uh, especially led uh, by uh, Milan John. Uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, what their their things were uh, going to be. Uh, all, all, obviously, they still are. Uh, They still are front runners in taking the Continental League this year, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I expect they they's once again have a, a big a big season. Uh, but like I said, it's really interesting to see what they're going to do uh, defense wise with that young linebacker core. Uh, but uh, again, uh, the the team's going to be to uh, to watch, and uh, they, I'm sure they they want uh, they tasted uh, the championship, and they want to taste that moment once again. Mm-hmm. Well, let's have a look at how they went last season. They were 11 and five, top of the division. They were fourth in scoring, seventh in, seventh in points allowed, second in yards allowed, ninth in rushing, and first in passing. I mean, just uh, from what we've seen, uh, yards allowed seconds, so it was uh, a stellar defense uh, there. Uh, okay, um, Jack, what are your thoughts on the Dons? Uh, the Dons have always been a pretty solid team throughout the history of you know the UFFL's reforming. And I still think, even with the risk they're taking, having using all rookies on the LBs, I think it may work off for them. You know, with the guidance of you know the older players, I think it's a risk that may that will pay off. Okay, so your we'll get the playoff predictions once we're done with the team previews. So next up, we've got the champion bandits, and they're already weaker already as they've lost. Kobe Carson and Marcus Hopper in the off season, and that could hurt their their very good defense. Well, yeah, that was really. Oh, sorry, uh, Jack. Yeah, uh, so you, now you first, good sir. Ah, thank you. Uh, I mean, the Las Vegas Bandits uh, again uh, shown uh, a great, uh, great. Uh, a great run. I mean, uh, even they they didn't finish as uh, as high as uh, we were expecting. I mean, uh, they pretty much uh, knock in uh, the playoff uh, at ten and six last year, and they ended up being uh, all the way uh, with uh, it was ten for the uh, the defense especially. Uh, so when they lose Carson uh, as he retired to go uh, do uh, God knows what I was uh, he wants to do, and especially when losing Hopper to Miami, which uh, which uh, is was pretty surprising to every analyst and, and sports critics uh, all over during the off season. Uh, it's be interesting to see, but uh, from what uh, we've seen uh, over the preseason, if. Uh, If the the first game uh, was an indication, maybe, uh, as people were thinking, ah, oh, maybe, maybe it's gonna some trouble uh, for uh, for the bandits. Uh, they they shown that that their uh, their offense is quite capable of of uh, of wor- uh, working uh, of uh, of wor- working uh, back to greatness, uh, especially at uh, week two. 
the way they they dismantle the ponies thirty one and fourteen. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, it's it's uh, interesting to see if uh, the the offense uh, is, is going to be uh, all they need. Uh, so uh, no Carson, no Whopper, maybe no problem. Uh, because uh, you have you have to realize that uh, even if they lost Carson and Hopper on their secondary, uh, they still have a, a couple of great players uh, in their defense. When you go down with the defensive tackles and the linebackers, uh, if you check, <coughs> if you check uh, more closely, you, uh, you have to uh, you have to also uh, you have Kelly Rowe. Uh, the linebacker raccoon I was say, and also, still with the team. Yeah, and uh, also you uh, you don't have to forget Justin Brown that mm-hmm. also been uh, quite uh, quite a, a team uh, member. Uh, so uh, you have to to see because I gotta say that uh, Stapler, uh, the MVP of the Furball uh, next season, seems to be in great form. Mm-hmm. Uh, they maybe don't uh, lost uh, Sierra to uh, to retirement. Maybe the the running is gonna be a little problematic, but they still got great uh, receiver, especially with uh, Veridi Aqua uh, mm-hmm. and Harris and mm-hmm. and Hannah. Uh, it, it, it could it, it could be uh, it, it really be interesting to see, but uh, from uh, first indication, uh, they they still uh, going to be quite a competitive team and uh, be uh, it, it, and uh, they're going to uh, make sure uh, that their title uh, wasn't uh, wasn't a fluke. That is that is true. Um, last year they were ten and six. They were six in scoring. Tied third for points allowed, seventh in yards allowed, sixth in rushing, and eighth in passing. So, uh, Jack, what do you what do you think of the Bandits' fortunes this season? Can they perhaps can they perhaps actually do something without Carson and Hopper? I mean, they still have a lot of the pieces. They got Kelly Rowe and they've got Justin Brown. Uh, like I said, I think we've yet to see, you know, what the Bandits can really do because obviously two games don't make a season. Even obviously, technically, we ain't started yet, but still, you know what I mean. It's like you can't judge a team based on just two preseason games. I think yes, it'll be. It's a major loss losing both Carper, Carper. I'm mixing up names now. Uh, Carson you, and Hopper. The, sorry, the Carper connection. <laughs> exactly. It's a new. Hey, I'm calling a new term. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with losing Hopper and Carson, it's going to be. It's still a major loss to them. But I think you know what we'll see come a new season is how well or not well they will do in relation to you know recovering from that. Yeah. And I think that's that's going to be the deciding factor for the Bandits this year is how they cope with the loss of Hopper and Carson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that y- that could hurt them quite a bit, but. Excuse me. They could still be a very, very good team. It's just I think that they may have to pick up a bit on offense or find talent that is, that is as good as those two, which frankly would be kind of impossible at this moment if they're going to go back to back, I think. Anyway, next, the next team we're moving on to is it's going to be a team you really know about, Jack. It's your team, the Texas Ramblers. I should know a little bit about them at least. <laughs> yeah, well... Let's let's just see their record last season. They were nine and seven, scoring. They were seventh. Points allowed eighth. Yards allowed fifth. 
Rushing was, was seventh and passing was fourth. Yeah, we didn't do too bad, you know, on all the different stats there. It's like, yes, we could do better on, you know, points allowed and yeah, scoring. Yeah, but I, unfortunately, that was such a hard break, the way that your season ended. I mean, uh, basically, uh, you did everything you, you did everything you could uh, in, or, in order to get to the playoff, but uh, it, it in the in this scenario, uh, your your fate uh, was was unfortunately not in your hands. Yeah, it was heart wrenching for you know for myself for the fans that you know we did everything we could in those last few games, and it's literally down to statistical reasons that we ended up having to drop out of the season. It was just heads were in hands. It was like many a pint was drunk that night. It was just. So it was just so heartbreaking for everyone after you know we had a tremendous season, you know, good new signings and really good games, and then you know it's the first season that we have not made a playoffs. It was such a dejecting feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles, have you got anything to really say about the Ramblers? Like, do you have a bit of a preview? Any players you want to talk about? Well, uh, well, from what I have been seeing uh, about the Ramblers, uh, uh, obviously uh, you guys have one, one of uh, the most uh, uh, quite a potent offense, offense in core, especially the way you were able to bring back John Cameron, although it really surprised me, I mean, uh, you maybe have the the, the best court, uh, trio of uh, quarterbacks on your team. Uh, how, how are you supposed to manage that? I mean, uh, uh, at the end of the day, uh, one of them will want to, to really uh, be uh, on top of, of the team. I mean, uh, to, to, to think of Asra, Calder, Cameron as second or third string is unimaginable. Yeah, there's some that may have to, you know, be decided one day. It's like, you know, the whole quarterback experiment, or I think the term was coined during last season, the Azra experiment when he came around. Uh, just like I so said, something will have to break at some point, and it's something that I may be looking into at the moment. Ooh. You know, is solidifying, you know, who our top quarterbacks will be. Mm. So that could be interesting. Hey. And also uh, the fact that you 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 guys uh, managed to bring uh, Palantares back uh, the, to the team also gave you another good weapon, especially with the receiving core uh, with uh, last year uh, leading uh, rece- receiver Kovaluko, uh, and uh, also with Jackie, uh, hoping that uh, she able to bounce back uh, from. Uh, 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 all uh, the problems she had with her nip addiction. Uh, yeah, it's really yeah, because that's been pretty rough on her. It's like it's something I noticed during the preseason games that obviously she's been attending the uh, addiction clinics, and you know she's been having to go cold turkey from the stuff, and it's like it's really affected her hard. Well, I, like like I said. Uh, Hoping everything goes well, and uh, uh, I mean the Ramblers uh, often they really don't have any problem on offense. Uh, although def- defense, though, uh, they uh, they got a still a competent squad, but they they still have some room for improvement. Uh, it, it will be interesting to see how the squad goes. 
Yeah, because the defence has had an all right, pretty good preseason. But it's like whether I can get the guys to keep that up throughout the main season, we, you know, it remains to be seen. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, I think the Rabblers are doing pretty well. They've gotten a few good acquisitions. I mean, last week we crowned them kings of the off, well, champions of the off season. They can be kings of the off season hey, if they want. It's one trophy. It's one trophy we got. Uh, problem is, it's not worth much. Yeah. <laughs> Still, it could be. It could be worth a few bags of mellows, right? Uh, a little less. Oh. I mean, maybe a few bags. Practically made out of plastic. Okay, so I, I think the Ramblers, if they continue the form they're on, I think they are pretty much going to be top of the division. I will say, of a conference, I will say that right now. They do it, they keep doing, they keep beating teams, I think they're on top of the conference. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting uh, because uh, the United Conference can be pretty stacked, especially with the Outlaws, the Renegades, the Titans, uh, and the Bandits, uh, it's going to be to be an interesting race to see who's going to, uh, to be on top. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Charles, let's let's move on to the next team. They won less, but got into the playoffs. Seven and nine, it's the Baltimore Ponies. Scoring, they were third, which is pretty good, but points allowed ninth, yards allowed ninth, not great. But the rushing and passing did all right with a fourth and a fifth. Respect. Yeah, well, well, it's it's pretty much been uh, <clears throat> the same record, the same uh, uh, story with the ponies. I mean, it's the Aspen Redfield show, <coughs> and uh, it's Aspen Redfield has been carrying uh, carrying the team uh, for the, the past season. Uh, but the problem, are, uh, really, it's been their off uh, their defense. I mean, uh, Aspen really can do everything on the field, and uh, that uh, pretty much uh, hurt them real bad. I mean, uh, lest I talk about the disastrous furball uh, they had uh, against the Titans, uh, where Aspen's been pretty much picked apart by the def- the defensive court of New York. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it, it'd be it's, it's going to really be uh, a matter of uh, what the, the, the coaching staff in Baltimore will be able to do with the defense because mm-hmm. uh, from what I've seen from the team uh, for the, the next season, uh, the ponies as as an as a good defensive corner, not too shabby, mm-hmm. but it seems that the, it's uh, being the, the problem is it by, uh, of uh, the defenses. I don't know uh, if they're uh, t- uh, they're taking of maybe uh, their defense coordinator is on the hot seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch Milano uh, going to have to to look at that uh, more carefully. If they expect, they still good. I mean, the the, the offense is is uh, clicking, uh, but again, it's all gonna be about the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have to 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 improve their uh, strategy wise. Otherwise, uh, they 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 can go far. But the minute they get uh, a tough team uh, with a good defense, uh, it's all other story. I mean, last year 
they were at, they got beaten by the Dons uh, again because uh, the Dons uh, defense uh, knocked them off the playoffs. All right. And uh, Jack, your thoughts on the Baltimore Ponies? Is Aspen Redfield being given too much to carry at this point? I think so. Yeah, considering you know nine times out of ten, it's all been you know as as Charles said, you know, it's been the Aspen show. It's like the other teams need to start picking up their own weight. I think, or the Baltimore Ponies are going to just going to stay where they are now. Oh, that that is not good news. And guys, I think maybe I have to agree with you on this one. I mean. Don't get me wrong, this this offense is very potent, and if they could get another star piece, and I think they might be unstoppable on an offense, but defensively, it's like a like an open wire door at this point. Like, there's absolutely no defending, and everything's just wide open. Yep. But it's not that it's much wide open. Like I said, they still have uh, potent... It's not like... Uh, the offense have, uh, has, doesn't have any competent players, but mm-hmm. it's, it, it seems uh, they, they, maybe the, it's uh, more of a coaching issue. Uh, they have to, they did, they did, they didn't, uh, maybe they didn't find the, uh, uh, already the right guy to lead them, uh, consistently, but, uh, in my point of view, uh, once they, they, they find the right coordinator, uh, to win the defense, they they can be good, they can be better, but uh, they they have to work on this issue this year, because uh, if they continue, I mean, uh, it, it's it's always good to have a good season, but uh, eventually, if you uh, you de- you get burned every time by a good defense, mm-hmm. it's going to it's going to start to be a little annoying. Yeah. That is true. I mean. If they can fix that up, I think they're a playoff team for sure. But if they're not, I struggle to see what they how they could get in. But anyway, Charles, let's move on to a team that you know inside out. It is a Montreal Royal, the former Albaline Lancers. But since they moved to Montreal, that memory is that is nothing but a memory. Those terrible seasons. Yeah, well. Well, we we sure did pull the pull this around. I mean, Albaline before they went to Montreal was like two uh, two twelve or two thirteen. Uh, mm-hmm. <coughs> um, the had... season they they left, they were one in fifteen. Yeah, so uh, it pretty much was a mess. But we we uh, the team managed to put it around in a respectable seven and nine record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and managed to to be in the playoff in their first uh, time in their first year of history, uh, but eventually, but eventually, when they faced uh, Grand Rapids in the first round, uh, it's obvious that who was the better team as uh, mm-hmm. Grand Rapids defense uh, really they didn't give uh, Montreal a chance uh, uh, to to get there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean. The offensive rookie of the year last year was Vito Ligusia, or Ligusia, um, is, is that right? Ligustica. 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 Yeah, Vito Ligustica. He's been, he's practically been on fire for Montreal, and perhaps, perhaps if they can get Appleby firing again, they'll have, they could go back to back with offensive rookie of the year. 
Yeah, well, it it was uh, that uh, Tyron that puppy guy. I was perplexed when they draft him. I mean, uh, we 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 still have Bray, uh, Blake Riggins. Uh, that was he uh, wasn't like a superstar, but he was he's a competent uh, quarterback. Uh, but uh, like I said, uh, our team uh, needs uh, to adapt a little more than be one dimensional. I mean, uh, we we did finish. Uh, we did finish uh, the season the second in rushing, but our passing uh, f- was uh, second to last in the league. Uh, so uh, it's it's been really uh, sh- shaky in that department, and especially uh, when we were uh, uh, third, uh, tight and third points allowed, yards allowed, mm-hmm. uh, the defense, uh, but. Uh, there's a chance for improvement for Montreal. I mean, uh, with uh, J.D. Abrams uh, being the the, the 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 captain of the defense, mm-hmm. uh, that'd be a great acquisition if we took it over from the New York Titans with their mm-hmm. uh, with their salary cap issues. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're gonna get to those. But uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I mean. Uh, it's kind of a little uh, different. uh, uh, The strategy are hard there, but they still, uh, it's still, uh, I mean, it's still a team that started uh, 1 and 13 and went to 7 and 9. So there's still room to improvement uh, over the team. I mean, the the coaching staff in Montreal has did a tremendous job uh, trying to get that 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 team back in shape, mm-hmm. and Coach uh, Maxiocha uh, was uh, uh, pretty confident that they couldn't do better. Uh, it, it's it, it's still a learning experience uh, for them, and uh, uh, it's be interesting to see uh, what they can do uh, with uh, one year under their belt. Uh, obviously, uh, seeing how the thing goes. Uh, hmm. I, I, I'm still uh, optimistic, but I, I, I'm careful uh, about the team. So if I have to, to guess what's going to be the record this year, I'm 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 generous. I think maybe an eight and eight, and if we're lucky, maybe a nine and seven. So it's there's still some room to grow, but. Uh, It'd be interesting to see. Definitely. And, Jack, do you have anything to say about the Montreal Royal and perhaps if there's still any room for improvement and could Tyrone Appleby improve their passing? Well, I think I think every team's got room for improvement, you know, in one, one regard or another. And Appleby is like, you know, any team can only be on the up and up. So I think Appleby's going to be a good addition to the Royals. And it's like, yeah, I think the Montreal Royal do do have the capability to be one of the stronger teams in this league. I mean, I mean, oh, sorry, but what I see, it, it was really interesting to see Tyron. I mean, uh, from that first game he had, he didn't, he, it wasn't uh, big numbers, but he didn't make any mistake, and he got a great arm. I mean, uh, he, he did some uh, fantastic passes to Ellison. Uh, we, we're seeing a little chemistry starting to shape up with those two. Uh, and 
the interesting is see with the coaching staff give maybe a more shot uh, to Appleby. Uh, maybe it's like the 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 the, the, the offensive punch the team was needed. Perhaps I think that that if they get stuff right, I think they could be bound for playoffs again. But that's going to all depend on how that goes. Anyway, next up we've got the first ever Furball champions. Haven't done much since then. It's a downriver waves, and despite being almost lost in everything, scoring yards allowed, rushing and passing, and being second last in points allowed, they managed to go five and eleven. That's a bit of an anomaly. Yeah, it's a bit of a miracle if you ask me. Yeah, so what do you guys think about Downriver at the moment? Charles, I mean, this has to be... You'd think that they could perhaps bounce back a little bit this season. Well, uh, the Downriver, right, it's it's really been a shame uh, to see how the, the first... Uh, the first... The first football champ felt this much after their first title. Uh, obviously, uh, the the main issue that I'm see I'm seeing since the first time. I mean, uh, they got a good running core. I mean, uh, Castoro has been uh, one of the premier running backs or on the league. Uh, and they uh, have drafted uh, Sharon Traveston uh, to uh, back her up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, pretty uh, that's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, uh, also they they got uh, not too shabby re- receiving core with uh, Ohio, uh, McKen Fowler, and Carney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perhaps uh, what's been a real uh, problem with the team it's maybe on the defensive side. Uh, the the piece that they got there uh, are a little maybe a little problematic, uh, but uh, they still got good piece to, to to go. But like I said before, the the the. The one thing that I'm seeing to be tra- troublesome about uh, the team uh, is uh, the, the, the really lack of consistency uh, at the quarterback position. Yeah. Yeah, I see on the notes here, there's not really a definite starter. So who are the people they're trying to use? I mean, uh, they they pre they pre they got uh, a good uh, Burnett is there, mm-hmm. uh, McCauley also, and they uh, they drafted this year the, the superstar from the the Canadian uh, college uh, leagues, oh. uh, Dellinger, also. Right. Uh, well, it's it's interesting, but at the same time, you have to ask yourself. Uh, where they they really going to go uh, with the with the defense with the offense? Maybe if they, they keep someone steady, uh, they could they could uh, do uh, maybe yeah, uh, maybe better that way, mm-hmm. or maybe use uh, the quarterbacks they have to maybe like do a trade to maybe get uh, another a couple of good pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. That's pretty much much shit. Uh, the development has been slow, but uh, you have to wait and see how they they, they could adapt uh, as such. 
All right. Uh, Jack, your thoughts on Downriver? They they haven't looked good last season, but could this be the year they go up because or back up because they look like they've got some decent stuff here? Yeah, I think it's a similar story to the other team. Just like, you know, again, you can't judge them just on two games, but they're going to have to really pull their finger out their asses, you know, with with the season, you know, no no fannying around. You know, just go, to go for it, you know, pick a strategy, stick with it, go with it, learn from mistakes, which is, I think is that's what screwed them over last season. I know they had the first, if I remember right, they had the first football championship back in season one. And it's like, and then they just absolutely tanked last season. I think it'll be it's going to be interesting to see what happens to them. To be honest with you, you know, because like I said, they had you know a dream of a first season, an absolute nightmare of a second. Let's see what they can do with this one. All right, and I think that well, look, I don't know if they're going to make playoffs this season. They they need to to me for me to say that they will. They need to improve quite a bit. So we'll see about that. <laughs> And especially in the stack United, it's gonna it's gonna be a tough hill to climb mm. to um, get past uh, the Outlaws, the Ramblers, the Renegade, the Titans. Uh, it, 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 they they really are unlucky to to be in the United uh, at the moment. Uh, so it's it's really gonna uh, need to have a really good good season. Everything gonna have to work right in order to. To, to get to the preseason once more. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, it's time to talk about practically probably one of the most, oh God, the controversial teams that we have seen come in. We're going to talk about the Miami Tropics, the Bower Show, the Dumpster Fire, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> this team just screams, stay away. Well, uh, what can I say? I mean, uh, it's first of all, it's an expansion team. I mean, uh, in the history of sport, you you have to you have to expect things like this. But in the thing, uh, in the term of the tropics, uh, I, I I don't know. I I don't know if <coughs> if. Uh, the, the real root of the problem is what the, who's uh, the leader in the front office, and mm-hmm. we all know who it is. But uh, I mean, they got some decent pieces, uh, especially on for the offense. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Blackfeather uh, is uh, Blackfeather and Ruffalo uh, are two decent running backs. Uh, from last year, I mean, they they got uh, pretty good uh, players uh, in terms of the offensive line. Uh, I mean, if you look uh, at their receiving core, it's not too bad with Jeffries uh, from uh, Jeffries that played last year uh, with Fargo at the Dons, I think, and Cobble. Uh, I mean, they 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 got a good tight end and great in doubling, and uh, the rest it. I mean, they they could uh, they have the potential to maybe uh, uh, to to be decent at best, especially uh, when they got Hopper uh, at the, their big piece. They managed to get uh, 
uh, during the off season. But uh, from what we've seen, especially in the preseason, uh, it, it doesn't look really good. All right. Uh, Jack, your thoughts on the Miami Tropics. How, why, what do you think about the Marcus Harper, tra- Marcus Harper acquisition? What do you think about their core? What do you think about this team? What does it scream to you as a fellow GM? As a fellow GM, again, like I said, it screams just the Bowers show. I think Bowers needs to, you know, pull his finger out of his butt with that one. You know, it's not all about. He needs to think about the team. And yes, they've got quite a star acquisition in obtaining Hopper, but like you know, like the problem the ponies have with Aspen, like a team can't put you know all their pennies in with you know one player. All the other players need to also pull their socks up with this. Otherwise, as you also said yourself, you know. The tropics are going to become the Miami dumpster fire. Uh, yeah, and 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 also one thing I have to forget. I mean, the most in, uh, important piece uh, in uh, when you start a, a team, it's always your quarterbacks. And uh, when the uh, the draft came and the expansion draft, uh, the tropics had a chance to maybe take some decent quarterback in order to start, but they they decided against it. And the one they have right now, uh, 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 Land and Caleb Johnson, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, but those, those, I mean, uh, Land was with Montreal last year, and a decent kid, but he's a second stringing at best. And Callum Johnson, he, he was uh, in the practice squad from North Florida. So. Oh, God. Yeah, that just screams absolute scrub to me. I mean, I wouldn't lose the, choose the term uh, like this, but, uh, I mean, uh, one thing that Mr. Bowers going to need to do is to try to to get at least a decent quarterback uh, to to manage that offense. Uh, well, he does. I mean, he's kind of. I mean, he's gotten Brace Bracey from the Baltimore Pies to coach the team. But I mean, if you can't give Brace Bracey the pieces he needs, then Brace Bracey can't actually coach the team well. So, pretty much, like, they need a decent QB, but, I mean, could you tell that to Bowers, and I think something's going to start clicking in his head, and I think I think you know what it means. He's probably gonna up to probably going to go to Bracey right now and say, Bracey, you know that QB problem we're having? I think I know how to solve it. It's me. I've retired. Oh I've... I've retired, I'm commissioner of the league, and I'm also GMing this team, but I think I should be in the spot. These scrubs don't know anything about Joe Bowers, and Bowers can lead the team. Oh, God, this team. And I wouldn't be surprised if they got themselves, the, the, what was it, that those Tito's sponsored Miami Tropics before long. Yeah, and especially that there is going to be a, 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 a commissioner board mess if he ever, uh, already that day he's been scrutinized as much for, uh, taking control of this team. If it goes even further, we don't know what hell is going to happen there. 
Uh, probably gets voted out by the owners. I mean, but, it's gone a bit. I mean, he's already a GM of a team, and he's already the commissioner. Like, if if he does something where he has to be quarterback as well, I can just see owners just going, no, nope, I want I want a new commissioner. We're voting this guy up. We can't can't have Bowser. He's not good. Of course. But um, but but maybe we can speak to, to an, a, another expansion this time that could be surprising. Yeah, let's let's talk about the the Corsairs because talking about the tropics has now gotten quite depressing. Well, the Cor- the Corsairs has shown some really good potential, uh, especially when their first game. That they started and uh, they did. Uh, I think uh, when the draft uh, happened, they, they they done the smartest thing in in uh, acquiring Johnny Fields mm-hmm. as their first ever draft uh, choice in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was certainly a, a good choice. Uh, what they, they did so, there. Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, Fields was a pretty good pick for him. I mean. He was a very high prospect, and they did the right thing by picking him up. I mean, they needed a quarterback, very good one, one in the field, picked that guy up. Yeah, I mean, they, they got the, perf- the perfect centerpiece in order to build a, a good thing, a good team around it, around it. And that really pales in comparison with the tropics. I mean, uh, like again, we are in the situation that we're talking about an expansion team. Mm-hmm. It sure is going to to be uh, a little more road uh, ground to to go on in order to to maybe uh, be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they they got a, a couple of good pieces. I mean, they they got a, a not too shabby running corp mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Madison and Kraft against mm-hmm. uh, next uh, Montreal Royale that right. has been selected there. Uh, other than that, like I said, of course the defense, uh, this uh, compared to the tropics, is maybe, may, maybe the the issue here. Uh, it's, it's kind of vice versa, where uh, the tropics so uh, did have a couple of good decent feet over in the defense. Uh, the the corset they did some some good work in having a good startup as an offense. But they still got the, uh, some ways to go with their defense. But it'd be interesting to see what they can do. I mean, uh, even if it was a preseason, the, the way they were able to squeak a win against the Baltimore Ponies mm-hmm. uh, is pretty, is pretty note, noteworthy. Definitely. Even if, Definitely. even if we talked about, like I said, uh, uh, the way Baltimore's been when, of course, We've seen the we've seen the the, ugly, the uglier side of uh, of expansion team when they fought Grand Rapids, but uh, I'll be interested to see what they they seem to have a good uh, a good uh, front office uh, to to uh, to manage the team, uh, and uh, I hope uh, for them they, they they got a bright future ahead of them. Uh, Jack, what do you think about the Corsairs? How do you think Johnny Fields is going to go? Uh, I'm not too sure, to be honest. It's like they had a had they had an all right preseason. I would like to see what they can do in their first, you know, full proper game. Mm-hmm. You know, before I pass judgment on them, can Johnny Fields and the Corsairs, you know, 
make a big enough splash? Can they make the playoffs? I think if they do, it'll be by the skin of their teeth. Okay, we are done with the expansion teams. Let's move on to the other teams. And now let's talk about a team that tried to go all in last season and end up getting bitten even before the season started. That was the New York Titans, and they had some very good records here. Ten and six, second in scoring, tied first in points allowed, yards allowed first, and third in both rushing and passing. Is this team a chance to win the championship? Uh, well, uh, seeing uh, the thing the way they are, uh, when you see the statistics that they had last season, they all they all still they are still a potential threat because if you check a if you check a, a, the roster, I mean the running core, they got Sierra again, one of the good with Devon, Dahan, and Tyler World. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you you see also their 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 receiving core, Matari, Slater, Stahl, and Dustin Winmore, uh, especially uh, uh, the way uh, they are. Uh, I mean, and the defense again uh, still uh, really uh, dangerous. I mean, Mason Mason Lang uh, and uh, Tancredi. It's this. They still, they still got their big piece on the team. Uh, that of course they play paid a huge price tag for them. Uh-huh. Uh, that's we know. But uh, one thing is going to be uh, important to see. Uh, it's uh, again at the head. I mean, uh, they don't. Uh, they don't. Uh, they had Bowers last year, yes. and now uh, they're. They're, now they uh, they put uh, their faith and uh, uh, they got they still got Dawkins, uh, but also they put their friend in Ripley Blackheart. Oh, uh, female, which, female uh, Carson. <laughs> fe- oh, female Carson. Well, I, I think she's way more vicious than that. Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, Kobe was bad enough. Uh, yeah, but the way I see it, uh, with the piece that uh, they're all still there, uh, the, the chance for the playoff, uh, the, a chance for the playoff and maybe get back in there, it's theirs to lose, mm-hmm. really. Right. So yeah, I think I think they could go pretty well, but it really depends on how they go. I mean, the first preseason game was not very good for them, but I think the second one they did pretty well in. Jack, your thoughts on the Titans, what do you think? Are they are they the real deal this season, or not? I still think, yes, they are the real deal Titans, because like I said, they've always been one of the power teams. Mm-hmm. Always heavy hitters, always, you know, in the money. But like I said, the thing I think they need to focus on is the little mistakes. So I think that's what cost them, you know, the playoffs last year mm-hmm. was, you know, was, you know, they make those little mistakes and they don't recover well enough from them. It's like nine times out of ten they do, but they need to, you know, focus on maybe on maybe not even making the errors. You know, we go back to basics. But yes, I still think they'll, they'll definitely be in the playoffs for this season. That's for sure. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all going to be about the who's better to who's going to. It's to me this team is still a very good. It's going to be who's going to outcoach who. 
uh, it's really going to be, like uh, Jack said, it's going to be about the details and the execution for the Titans. Like I said, they stay out the piece. They got big team dangerous. Uh, and the, the, if they go to the playoff and maybe get again to the championship, it's theirs to lose. Mm-hmm. That should be good. I think the Titans... They are probably bound for playoffs if they can carry thing back into the position they had last season. Next up, we've got the Fargo Axemen. They had the worst record last season at three and thirteen. They the scoring was tenth. They allowed. They were the worst in points allowed. They were second last in yards allowed. Tenth in rushing, but sixth in passing. New management is here. Some acquisitions have been made. They've gotten number one draft pick Marcus Nash, Charles. What do you think about the Axemen? Will they improve? Will this rebuilding work? Or are they just stuck in the cellar? Uh, well, from what I, I see, uh, they got, uh, the, the new front office uh, at, the, at the Fargo Axemen, uh, they seem to got a good head on their shoulders. I mean, from what we see in the off-season, the, the, they didn't waste any time in order. They did a lot of movements. They really went into their team to see what went wrong, uh, what they need to do in, in order to progress. And uh, like I said, uh, everything that they done uh, on paper, it seemed pretty, uh, pretty substantial. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, they got... Uh, they got the first uh, Marcus Nash. I would certainly add the offensive line and give uh, Carson uh, more room to work with uh, during uh, the season. I mean, and uh, once again with Carson at the helm, uh, they still got uh, potentially get a good uh, receiver core, and they still got the. Good, their defense is nothing to to sneeze about. Uh, it's really gonna be uh, uh, if the the new management will be able to put it on the right path. And I think, uh, uh, from my estimation, to see how the, the off season went, uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a good things come ahead. Right, uh, Jack. So the Axemen did a lot in the off season to try and fix the problems that they've had. What do you think about the Axemen right now? Yeah, so we took on the Axemen obviously during the preseason, and it was an absolute blowout obviously for Rampers. So yay me on that front. Mm-hmm. But then, if you're looking on it from the side of Fargo, it's it can't be you know a good feeling for them, you know, because like I said, they've done a lot of work. They worked extremely hard, you know, to, to make a decent team to compete for this year. But I do not think it will pay off for them. I think, you know, along like, alongside the Tropics, I think they may be one of the dumpster fires of the season. Um, I won't Ooh. be that harsh. I mean, with the Tropics, I mean, they're not, they just come off as like everything they do is bound to fail. Meanwhile, I think with Fargo, they're legit trying to go in saying, okay, we need to make sure this, 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 and this is good, and they're just kind of stuck in a bad position at the moment. The Tropics, they're essentially a long out at the moment. Meanwhile, I think... The Axemen are more just trying to do what they need to do. But anyway, I think... I don't know if they'll... They probably won't make playoffs this season. I I just don't know. I mean, could be a miracle run they get in, but I don't know. I don't well, see it. Compa- compared to uh, the... You, uh, well, if, if we can be serious about one thing, is that 
both conferences can be pretty much uh, competitive. I mean, mm-hmm. United, obvi- uh, obviously, if you look on paper, you could argue that the United Conference is the stronger than the two. Uh, but uh, still, uh, this, this, uh, the Continental Conference can be quite competitive uh, if you, you you look at things, and it's going to be interesting uh, what they can they can do. But I, I'm 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 really predicting that they're going to fare a little more better this time this year. Right, so, Jack, you you don't think the Axemen are going to make the playoffs? Um, no. No, I don't know. Right. I think that might be a safe assumption. Next up, let's move on to a team that was very, very good last season and I think could end up being probably one of the best teams in the league this season. That is the North Florida Renegades. Scoring was fifth last season. Points allowed was fifth. Yards allowed was sixth. But they did incredibly well in the rushing and passing was actually pretty bad, honestly. Tenth. And there's a good reason for that. There probably is. Uh, Charles, give us a rundown on the Renegades. Well, the way we've we seen that this season is the the Florida Renegades are actually a really good stacked team. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, uh, yards allowed, they, 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 were, they were pretty high up in the league in terms of the uh, overall defense. And, of course, uh, with the, 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 the star Kyrus Kenton, that's been doing really well for the team in rushing uh, and scoring, and especially with the good the good line uh, quarterback core that they got in North Florida. Uh, it's it's really going to be interesting to see this. They still are a favorite uh, coming this season. Uh, again, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, they're gonna fight hard uh, with the outlaws, abandoned the titans, in order to to get to get there. It's gonna be to be is against like uh, a little of the titans. It's a little bit about the execution with the North Florida Renegades uh, to see uh, the way that they they're going to go. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, right. go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I wasn't going to say anything. I thought you'd finished for a minute. <laughs> no problem. All right. Uh, Jack, what do you think about the Renegades at the moment? I mean, Kenton is a very, very, very good running back. In fact, he is a great running back. Just the thing is, is that could this ascend, end up being like the Aspen show again? I mean, they've got good pieces in that, but like if they ex- manage to stop Kenton, then... Their passing might not be that great because we've seen before that te- they were tenth in passing last season. Yeah, again, um, like, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, but like I, like I would like to talk about it. They they seem to have a little issue in order to really set up uh, a quarterback. I mean, but what they seen they they re- during the season they really like to switch quarterbacks during plays and. Uh, I mean, uh, in a way, they're going to have to to be more confident and giving the helm to one of the quarterbacks. It's going to be the Penguinator of Halsley. But obviously, if they want, is there one way that they could uh, turn a better team to a super team? They're going to have to have to to give, to give the ball uh, the control of the quarterback position to one of them. I mean, they did 
he did sign another quarterback and kind of promising that and Mc Jameson. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very interesting to see because uh, seeing uh, them uh, is true. This is true unless uh, something happened, like an injury, and all. He, he's risking to to be on the sideline uh, w watching the the games during his mm -hmm. two first seasons. Ooh. Okay, uh, back to you, Jack. Um, your thoughts on the Renegades? Yeah, like I said, again, you know, it's another team focusing too much, I think, on one player. They like they got like, many good players on the Renegades, but you know, they need to obviously you know work together. I think a little bit more because otherwise, like you say, you know, when you know the players are focusing on tend to fall or they have the bad games that everyone inevitably does. That's going to spell doom for the team. It's like the Renegades are still a cracking team. Don't get me wrong. But they can be better. Yeah, that is true. I mean, this quarterback situation, I think, needs to be fixed here. Like, they need to work on something here. They've got a good core here. They've got a great rusher in Karen's Kenton. They've got a pretty decent defense. They've got a lot going for them. But I think this quarterback thing needs to be solved, and it needs to be solved now. Yeah, because, again, it's all going to be about the execution and the little mistake. It's little things like this. Uh, during a game that eventually can bite them in the ass. Uh, when we seen we seen what happened uh, last last year when they seem to be cruising uh, all the way and they ended up uh, stumbling in the finish line and uh, get passed around passed around and passed around by the by Las Vegas mm. uh, during the playoffs. Yeah. So I think, look, I think they're almost a guarantee for playoffs at this point because they've got a good team here, but if they want to make it to the next level, they've got to fix up this quarterback situation. They've got to pick one and stick with them. Agreed. All right, so next team, we've got another team that went 7-9 and nine, but also made the playoffs. There was kind of a bit of a thing with that in the Continental Conference last season, but it is the Grand Rapids Dragons. Scoring, they were second last. Points allowed, they were sixth. Yards allowed 10th, rushing 11th, passing 7th. They must have had a miracle run just to get to the playoffs. Yeah, again, again, the team, uh, the team of uh, uh, the, the Dragons uh, has been defined by the good defense mm -hmm. uh, in order to make crew. I mean, uh, the season before, they, they, I think they, they had a great season where they led uh, the, the conference before fa falling falling out the next, the season after, uh, but uh, you, you can never count the Grand Rapids down, uh, especially what they what the team they have. Uh, I mean, they still when you you check the roster, <coughs> they still have a, a competent uh, core uh, with Koran. Uh, the veteran, especially with the Hoppecomer uh, Lockhart, uh, that, that really step up his game, especially in the preseason. We'll go see uh, Lockhart as the future of the Grand Rapids uh, in terms of the quarterback. Uh, I mean, Copperfield still competent. Uh, they got uh, a star uh, officing line with Dermot and Hibbert. Uh, Guarding uh, the quarterback, uh, and they still got uh, a, de a decent uh, receiving core uh, with Eddie and Mullen and Cervantes. 
and as also you have to be careful with the defense, especially with the the young rookie last year, Colin Kemper, uh, at the at the cornerback position uh, that could be give that could give could. Uh, give uh, Opper a run for his money mm. in, in terms of the position. Uh, you are, and especially they still got a dangerous uh, uh, defensive end in Gamble and Corman. I mean, again, it's a team that uh, had a, a little bit of problems where they shouldn't have been. And it's going to be to be really interesting to see this season because they could be again a, a surprising thing to be careful. They could be a back back in the thick of things. To mm-hmm. I mean, they did had a good run in the playoff. I mean, they they beat us in the the semifinals before falling short against the Dons, but. Yeah, this this is something to to be optimistic in Grand Rapids for the next season. All righty then, uh, Jack. What do you think of Grand Rapids? They have a decent defense, but they tend to make a few mistakes here and there. Yeah, again, like they need to focus, you know, on maybe both the defense and the offense. I know I can't speak too much because I'm particularly focused on my offense teams, but it's like, yes, they got a lot of focus on their D's. But they can't forget about, you know, the, the point of the game is obviously is to score points. So what, what was their point standing for last season again? Uh, Scoring-wise, they were 11th, points allowed 6th. Yeah, again, it's like the defense is pretty solid most of the time. But like I said, they need to maybe think a little bit on the offense. Like, what are they going to do with those guys? Maybe chop and change a little bit. But like I said, they, you can't get the wins unless you get the points. That is true. Uh, I mean, I mean, we we know the great adders like a good a good offense is a good defense, but uh, at some times you can't take that literally. That is true. Um, pretty much, I think the dragons they could be all right, but I don't know. I'm I'm still a bit skeptical on if they could make it again this season. I think some teams have really picked up, and it will be a bit hard. Maybe they'll squeak in. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But anyway, we've got another team here. We've got the Eastern Bald Eagles. They missed out in the playoffs this well last season. They went and and it was because of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they went six and ten. Scoring was ninth. Points allowed was tenth. Yards allowed eighth. Rushing eighth and passing ninth. Despite this, they've looked really, really good in this in this preseason. Yeah, I mean. Uh... This team is pretty decent of all accounts. Uh, like I said, they didn't need much uh, to do during the off season. I mean, the, the core, the mo- most of the core of the team is still there, uh, and it's, it's been just uh, adaptation of everything. I mean, uh, the, their quarterback Lindrum. Uh, is still uh, one of the finer quarterbacks in the league. Uh, he's still got uh, a good uh, running core with Lansford and Staples, uh, especially with their fullback also. Uh, again, uh, they, they got uh, wonderful uh, receivers uh, with Alder and Brian, uh, Holbrook and Kur- Kurosawa. 
uh, and, Mor- and uh, one of the rookies uh, the other day before Mike uh, Moretti. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, you look at the team on, on paper, and it's still quite a, a really competitive team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got everything they need. It, it, it's just really have to execute. Uh, maybe it was a little down slump uh, last year, uh, but uh, what uh, from what I seen uh, in the preseason, they seem prime and ready to really turn things around. All right, that's that's pretty good. Uh, Jack, what do you think of the Eastern Bold Eagles? They've got a decent team. Didn't go so well last season, but in preseason at the moment, they're looking on fire. Yes, like I said, like. <coughs> Have a hot finish to last season, but I definitely think their passion. Like I said, they haven't really changed. But the thing that has changed for them, I think, is their passion, their drive, will to win. I think that's going to be what what does carry them through this season. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Eh, like the Renegades, one of their teams is going to be a little bit touch and go for them. But if they can maintain that focus, yes, I think they they, they think they will. That's good. One more team to talk about. Another top team here. It is the Chicago Outlaws. They came. I, I didn't they come within one game of making the football. Yeah, they 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 really have a really tough game, a good game. They fought hard against the Titans to get to get in the conference finals, mm-hmm. but they they felt short uh, thanks to Las Vegas defense and uh, a really uh, uncharacteristic uncharacteristic off game from uh, the MVP of last year, Darius Smith. Ooh. Anyway, they had a 10-6 record. They were first in scoring, tied first in points allowed, fourth in yards allowed, rushing was fifth, passing was second. This is a good team. Can they go all the way this year? Well, definitely. I mean, uh, like I said last year, they they really had, they had all the chance in the world to really get to the Fur Bowl and maybe give a run to to. The, I mean, if uh, they they went to the Fur Bowl against the Dons, you you could argue that maybe they they had a chance, a shot of taking it. But again, uh, unfortunately, during the conference final. Uh, there was some costly interception uh, fr- uh, done by Darius Smith uh, that that really like uh, turned things around at Las Vegas uh, ended up rolling, uh, especially when uh, you, you know that the last game of the season, they, uh, uh, Chicago had a really good game and beat Las Vegas. So Las Vegas kind of took their revenge where and uh, where it it mattered the most uh, during the playoff, and they ended up taking it all. And I, I'm sure that in the art and the mind of uh, many players in the Outlaws, uh, they wanted to get back at, at it, and uh, they got uh, everything they need. Like I said, they got uh, the last year MVP still at the helm in Darius Smith, mm-hmm. and of course you can't forget about the pickup. Uh, yeah, Jean-Étienne Tremblay uh, that really going to uh, carry the uh, the run the rushing uh, once more, oh, and, uh, nice. and also also uh, they have quite uh, the, uh, quite the little uh, receiving core when you think they got Donnie, they got Ziegler, uh, Lucy Danfoos, uh 
là, you see, they got Masquerade, uh, they got uh, Mitchell, they are Rudus, again, uh, working for them, and they, they still got uh, one great uh, defensive court, cornerback Jackson locked, mm-hmm. uh, alternator that uh, was sung uh, during the, uh, the offseason, Jason, crates. Uh, I mean, uh, un- like I said, they, they got everything they need in order to make another great run to, to really uh, avenge that, uh, uh, that, that loss uh, at the conference final. And it's going to be interesting to see because, uh, the, when the, uh, when the, the season starts on week one, they fight Las Vegas. Their, their first game of the season is going to be against Las Vegas. So. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Jack, they have the, the rainy MVP. They have quite a few good pieces in here. Do you think Chicago can win it all? And I know. I I'm think. Not- yeah, I think. I think they will make the playoffs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Will they make? Will they win it all? They got a really good chance of doing so. Like I said, it's, it was just that one, you know, game that really did kick them in the boat in the backside. But again, like I said, it all goes down, you know, we can make any, every prediction under the sun, but anything can happen on game night. Mm-hmm. That is true. Those are the teams. Guys, who do you think of the four teams that we're going to make it from to the playoffs from each of the conferences? I think, personally, on my end, I'm going to say with the Continental Conference, I'm going to say it's probably going to be, I would say, Montreal Eastern California and ooh, probably this is a bit of a tough one. I I think the ponies just squeak in, and I think out of those, the one that ends up going to the furball is. Oof. I think the I think the Dons can make it back to back appearances. Personally, I mean, they got a decent call. They've still got they've still got quite a few decent players. I think they could do it again. Meanwhile, in the United Conference, hmm, this is a lot more tough, but I think I'm going to say North Florida, Texas, Chicago, and hmm, if the Corsairs can keep it up, I think they just sneak in as well. Oh, so new champion. Yeah, I think there's going to be a new champion. I'm going to say that, I'm going to say that I think out of all of these teams, I think, I think Chicago will go on and win this. Mm, really good end to see. Well, from my end, when you see the, the continental, uh, my, uh, uh, the way I see it, uh, my prediction, I see the dance, uh, mm, the dance, the bald eagles, uh, the dragons, mm-hmm. and, it, it, again, it's tough for me to say or see, but I, I think the ponies uh, was weak in. Like I said, I'm optimistic about my Warriors, but again, I, I try to remain uh, unbiased. Uh, it's, it, it's, it, it's really going to be tough, uh, but it's going to be a fight to get that fourth and final spot. Uh, in this sure. team, I mean, uh, between the ponies, the warrior, and the axemen, uh, it's really going to be high. And for the unite, again, even more tougher. But the way I see it, the outlaws, the renegades, the titans, and just for that final spot, you got you got the way, the the ramblers, the bandits, uh, the waves, 
uh, I think the Ramblers are going to t- to make it. it. Again, uh, I'm su- I- I'm surprising. Uh, on my end, see, I'm thinking that the Bandits would ju- just fall short in defending their crown. Mm-hmm. And, uh, who I see in the Furball. Mm, I mean, just for the thing. I, I think that it's, it's going to be tough, but seeing the other way they are prepared, it's going to be, a, a, I'm thinking one two, Dance versus Outlaws. Mm. And who do you think wins that one? Huh. Well, judging from the past experience, what the dance and seeing how uh, how the the, the outlaws is being adapting uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a fantastic game but I think eventually it's going to be the outlaws coming on top oh back to back losses for the Dons you're predicting South me Jack who do you think are the four teams that go through the playoffs in each conference who makes a fair ball and who wins it yeah I think for the Continental I'll be looking at I think the Royals have what it takes to maybe even make the finals for this year. Because, like I said, they had a really good first year, and I think they got what it takes to make it for this year. Uh, to be joining them in the Royals overall, my my pennies will be going on the Dons, the Dragons, and the Eagles. Because, mm-hmm. like, the, the Ponies are improving, but I think, like like Charles said about the Bandits, they might just eke it a little bit too close to the line. From United, obviously, I got to go for myself because I think we're gonna we had we've had a good start to season. So obviously, not to be a bit egotistical, <laughs> not to be a little bit too egotistical, <laughs> I have to go with myself and the Ramblers. But joining me, I'll say, will be the Outlaws, the Renegades, and the Titans. Because again, I think the Bandits, oh, so... yeah, I think the Bandits are going to be maybe a little bit too big for the boots. Obviously, quite a heavy hit with losing Hopper and Carson. Overall, to win it. Oh yeah, it's going to be us. But obviously, if it ain't, if it ain't going to be the if it ain't going to be the Ramblers, I think it's going to be Chicago. Okay, so Chicago takes. Who wins the other conference then? Uh, the other conference, uh, I would like it to be Montreal. To be honest with you. All right. Oh, so. you two guys. Oh, you could do guys, sir. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay, guys, we've heard from you. Let's quickly throw over to, J- to me and James Witherspoon, and we're going to quickly talk about his thoughts on the season and who he thinks is going to win the championship this season right now. So, James, welcome back to the show. We miss- missed you last week. I didn't miss you bums at all. The- Just for the record, I was not morning pork sandwich. I was in therapy for my hip. Okay then, um, thanks for calling us bums, and I'll make sure to tell the person who told me that you're sacked. <laughs> anyway... Uh, they, they can't sack me, I'm under contract. I didn't say you're getting sacked, I said they were getting sacked. Oh, okay. Are we sure we're not talking about the tropics? Uh, no, we're not talking about... We will be talking about the tropics, but not now. Alright. So, first So yeah, it's good to be back. Okay... Great to have you back. Um, first off, we're going to have a quick chat about the Dons here. Let's see. They 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 came second last season, just coming in runners-up for the Furball against Las Vegas. 
end up getting sadly blown out of the water, but they still have a lot of their core, but they do have a young defensive linebacker core, which could end up affecting them slightly this season. But last year, they were fourth in scoring, seventh in points, second in yards allowed, ninth in rushing, but first in passing. James, do you think the Dons have what it takes to make it back this year? California Dons? I... Well, with an 11-5 record, it's kind of hard to discount them out because, like you said, they're fourth in scoring, seventh in points allowed, yards second. But then again, they also have a rookie offensive line, and that's going to... Defensive line. Or defensive line, sorry, defensive line. That might come back to bite them in the butt. I don't know if they'll bite them in the butt in a good way or a bad way, but either way, it might have an impact on their record this year. So I'm saying chances are 50-50 that they might make it back to the playoffs this year. Okay, then. Next up, we've got the champions of the UFL from last year, Las Vegas Bandits. Six in scoring, tied, tied, tied third, tied in third for points allowed. Seventh in yards allowed, rushing sixth and passing eighth. They have a very, very dominant defense, but after losing Marcus Hopper to the tropics and Kobe Carson to retirement, we don't know where he's gone, but... After losing them and considering that they are two very big players for the team, this is likely to affect the Bandits, isn't it, James? It's very likely to affect the Bandits because you got... Because like you said, Carson retired and now you have Marcus Hopper jumping ship to another team and he's one of your best guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to affect him heavily and I hate to say it unless a miracle happens... I doubt we'll see them in the playoffs. But if we do, then, then well, bury me six feet under, I guess. Nah, I get well, I don't know it. Well, I think some of the guys might keep you to it after calling them what you just did. But anyway, on to the Ramblers. Let's, let me get the phone on. They, had, they finished 9-7 and seven last year with scoring 7th in scoring, 8th in points allowed. Fifth in yards allowed, seventh in rushing, fourth in passing. They certainly couldn't get in last year due to needing a better record, but with their huge improvements over the offseason and decent preseason performance, do you think the Ramblers could easily make playoffs this season? I mean, Knight's still there, and they're, they've got a load of quarterbacks who are pretty good for the team. I don't doubt it at all. I think they'll actually make it this year. I think the, I think so too. I mean, I mean, Knight's still pretty good despite what's happened with her. Uh, they've got decent quarterbacks, they've got a decent O line, and I think they can, with the improvements they've gotten over the off season, they can make it again. So next up, we've got the Baltimore Ponies. They just squeaked into the playoffs last season with a seven and nine record. They were third in scoring, ninth in points allowed, ninth in yards allowed, fourth in rushing, fifth in passing. They look like a decent team, but I think they do. They have a problem here where they've got Aspen Redfield practically carrying the team at the moment, and I think they might need to make a few trades if they want to progress further, maybe. Uh, just one last quick thing about the Ramblers before I go on to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. The Ramblers have a good offensive line, and uh, unlike another team we'll probably be talking about, uh, yeah, I don't 
I don't see a scenario where the Ramblers don't make it into the playoffs. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But as for the Baltimore Ponies, I'm kind of in the same. I do agree with you because, like you said, Aspen Redfield's carrying the team right now. They need they need another quarterback or some more depth in that position or in their offensive core if they're going to at least have a chance of making that making the playoff spots again. Yeah, well, I, Cause, I, cause, I don't. Because we also got. Go ahead. I was going to say we got two new teams currently in the UFFL right now. Miami Tropics and the New Orleans Corsairs, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. They're gonna; those two are gonna be jumping at the bench to try and make that playoff spot too. So, if Baltimore wants to try and get anywhere, they're gonna need a lot of work. They will. I mean, they've got they've got decent players, but I I don't know if they've got them in the right positioning. Though I think maybe one or two trades could get them over the line in that as well. So. They may need to look at what they're doing. Next up is the Montreal Royale. They finished 7-9 as well. They just... I, I don't know if they got in or not, because if you look at the Cornell Conference last season... Um, is that right? Was the Cornell... Yes, it was the Cornell Conference. Got a bit confused there, guys. Uh, they managed to squeak in with a 7-9 record. So, I think they were 8th in scoring... Tied third for points allowed, tied third for yards allowed, second in rushing, but 11th in passing. There's a lot, there could be still room for improvement there, but as we've seen in the preseason, they do need a better O-line if they really want their passing to improve under Tyrone Appleby. Yeah, this is what I was, uh, this is what I was referencing when I was talking about the Ramblers. Unlike the Ramblers, Montreal's O-line is, this preseason, it's just been, were they even playing? Were they even playing football? It looked like a disaster. It looked like a bunch of high school punks playing football. So I'm like, uh, you got to protect your quarterback. And if you're not doing that, you're not winning games and you're not going to make the playoffs if you keep tanking like that. Especially that young rookie, Tyrone Apple. But he needs, he's a good quarterback. I've seen the kid play in college. He's damn good. Mm-hmm. Pardon my language there, ladies and gentlemen. But. You gotta follow one of the top three rules: protect the quarterback, protect the football, and protect the football. Mm-hmm. Your quarterback too; he's important. Otherwise, he's the guy who's scoring your points. And if you don't protect him, you're not going to be making any playoffs anytime soon. That is true. I think, I think Montreal, if they can get some improvement here and there, I think they could make it back. But it's all going to depend on their improvement and. If they can't get Appleby the O-line he needs, they aren't going anywhere. No, they are not. And next up is the... We've got the Down River Waves. They, since Furbo won, they have not actually been going very well. 5-11 uh, and 11 last year, and practically dead lost in absolutely everything except points lap, where they were second last. So, it's not looking good for them. They... They still don't have a definite starter QB, which is definitely hurting them. Is it time for them to bounce back, or are they going to sink even lower before they start going back up? Next question. Okay, then. So, Down River, we'll move on from Down River, I guess. Uh, more like, uh, I don't have an answer for these guys, because if you... I agree with both of them, but they either need a... Like, that's literally their only two choices. They either need a new starting quarterback or they need to sink lower before they bounce back. That's really, right now, their current standing. They can't, they can't seem to answer that question. I mean, that is... They need, 
they need to pick an answer to one of those questions, or they need to guess their playoff chances this year. Goodbye. Yeah, um, personally, I mean, you look at this team, I mean, as we've said, it's not looking good for them. I mean, hopefully in the rushing they can improve with Sharon Travston, but, I mean... That's an improvement? Ha! I, I'm sorry, I'm, that was truly totally bad for me. I, I apologize, but that's that's not really much of an improvement, if I'm going to be honest here. I mean, she's a good running back, don't get me wrong, but you still need a receiving core in order to actually get yardage because you can run the football, don't get me wrong. You can run the football for days, mm-hmm. but eventually... There might be a defensive line this year. One of these teams might have a defensive line that is scary good mm-hmm. where she could get injured significantly for like a couple games and your season is basically shot after that. that so, is, I mean, that is... Yet, go ahead. So, in other words, downriver waves, yeah, need to start looking or bounce back or do something. I mean, that is true, but I mean, hey... If I've seen one Travson manage to take one team to the playoffs one year after they're practically at the bottom, then who knows, maybe the other Travson can do the same. But time will tell on that one. Next up we have the Miami Tropics. The Bowers Show. <laughs> Joe Bowers is Miami Tropics. Miami Bowers. Something about Joe Bowers. This looks like an utter like look an, looks like an utter train wreck right now. Like they don't have a quality quarterback at all. They pretty much have gotten Marcus Opper, who seems to be like the only good player they have. And frankly, the owner is a complete lol cow. So, what does Miami need to do to flat out not stink? Uh, fire Joe Bowers? Uh, that, that could be an easy thing, but I mean, with quality quarterbacks maybe lacking a bit at the moment they could try and trade for trade with texas that as i think of her rumors that they are trying to get rid of one of their quarterbacks as they've kind of got currently got three and they need to get rid of one i mean they've got andrew calder john cameron and they've got uh, azra i think azra I think they're trying to get rid of one of them, and I think maybe the Trollocs should do a deal with them because they need a quality quarterback ASAP, and I think the quicker they get it, the less likely the chance of seeing Joe Bowers as a as a player, GM, and commissioner at the same time because that would be the most stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, uh, speaking of stupid things, I do got an interesting story to show, tell. Ah, sorry, I got an interesting story to tell. Ah, sorry. Back and it's starting to kick in. Uh, actually, after the first preseason game with the Miami Tropics, I actually got a chance to meet Joe Bowers in person. And he's a cool guy. Don't get me wrong. He's a party guy. I like him. Mm-hmm. I asked him how he felt about his team losing. And he's like, and he just looked at me blankly like, we lost? I don't recall this happening. And I told him, yeah, your team got blown out. I was like, no, they didn't. Like, Yes, they did. He's like, who do I need to fire to make this team better? I'm like, uh, you're the GM. He's like, I am? It's like watching a old Neil Drucks movie. Yeah, I mean, I've met Bowers as well. Like, as I said before, FAFL Grandstand, first FAFL game outside Australia for Premiership Points. 
Guy didn't know what the heck he was talking about. But I suppose... He did not. I suppose we're going to have him on the next time we're in the U.S., I guess. But to answer your question, they definitely do need a quality quarterback ASAP. And they also not only need to reach out to uh, uh, the Texas Ramblers, but uh, maybe they should also consider their other Florida-based team because I think there's at least one quarterback there that's a rookie and might have some, might have to make some good contributions to the team. You never know. I mean, that, that is true. They could try and make a trade with North Florida, but um, consider, I think them. I don't know, maybe they, I mean, keep, keep in mind that they are the cross-state rivals, so I mean, would they really want to do a deal with Bowers, considering that they are cross-state rivals? I don't know, but I think Texas could make the deal with them. I don't know, but they do have options. Next up, let's move on to the Corsairs. They looked actually surprisingly good in preseason, and Johnny Fields looks decent. He, he looks decent. What do you think? I, I was impressed with him. I mean, yeah, he's a rookie quarterback, and yeah, he's still young, but he's got a good chance of growing in the system, especially with uh, Callaway backing him up. Now, Callaway backing him up, he can learn from the experienced quarterback and maybe even make a real case for being a either a rookie of the year quarterback or even maybe even taking the Corsairs to their first I don't know playoffs. maybe their first yeah their first playoff spot I mean it's possible it is it's, enti- it's entirely possible I don't see it happening but I've been proven wrong before so all you have to do is just wait and see they do got a good team around them they got a lot of options and wide receivers even though one of the guys got injured this last weekend but Mm-hmm. From what I heard, he'll be he'll be back in about two, three weeks or so. So that's not a big loss. They got good depth. They got a young quarterback that's eager to prove himself. I say the Corsairs are going to look pretty good this season. That's pretty. And if they don't make, and if they don't make the playoffs this season, then maybe with one good free agency and one good draft, they'll probably make the playoffs next year. That's pretty good. Um, let's move on to the Titans. Last year, they tried to do a big money spend for all these players, and it didn't quite work out for them. 10-6, and six, still a good record. Second in scoring. Tied first for points allowed. First for yards allowed. Third in rushing. Third in passing. They have a pretty good side, but they lost Joe Bowers, and now they have essentially gotten Ripley Blackhawk, or what I like to call New Carson. So... Can they bounce back with her, or will she probably be a bit too much of a distraction for this team? I would say her mark is worse than her bite. She does have some good talent around her, but the question is, can she deliver? That's the big question. Can she deliver? Can she throw accurately? Can she be can she be safe in the pocket? Can she do what needs to be done to get the ball downfield for a touchdown and score put points on the board, basically? That's the big question. Have I seen that? Uh, I don't know. That's a huge question mark still because, again, like you just said, Joe Bowers just basically retired and went and literally made his own team in Miami, Florida. So you never know. Yeah, you never know with this sort of thing. Uh, Next up, we're going to the team that actually finished last last season, despite pretty much despite the downhill ways being... Pretty much bad across the board. We got the Fargo Axemen 
3-13. and 13. They were 10th in scoring, 12th in points allowed, 11th in yards allowed, 10th in rushing, but pretty good with passing at 6. They've got Christina Carson, who is a decent QB, but she doesn't exactly have the pieces she needs. Um, they're currently going through rebuilding right now. They got the number one pick with Marcus Nash. Can this rebuild bear fruit with the new management, or is it just doomed to flounder? Um, that is a good question. I I need an auto intern instead. I need to look at a uh, thing real quick here. One sec. All right. Uh, sorry about this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I didn't. I apparently didn't have all my notes up in time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's my notes? God damn it! I'm waiting for my notes. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we can skip to the next team on the list while I wait for my notes from the intern. All right, fine. Uh, next up are the North Florida Renegades. They are looking absolutely on fire at the moment. Last season they were 11-5. They were fifth in scoring, fifth in points allowed, sixth in yards allowed, first in rushing thanks to Karen's Kenton and 10th in passing. So the Renegades are looking very, very, very good at the moment. they got some decent talent here. Kenton's an absolute beast with the ball. They are looking good here. Do you think North Florida finally has what it takes to finally get to the point where they can win a championship? I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail for this, but probably not. Oh, ooh. Okay, that's an interesting... You want to know? I'm saying no because right now there's one big problem that they're playing right now. I've actually... I had an interview while I was in Miami meeting Bowers and stuff like that. I flew up to North Florida just to check out what Tallahassee had to offer. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> North Florida, I talked with their coach. Their plan this year is to run a quarterback committee. Oh. Do you know what a quarterback committee is? Just multiple quarterbacks? That's when you play multiple quarterbacks after every single play. You bring Whenever you'd like change personnel, instead of just having wide receivers and running backs run out the field or even offensive linemen or defensive linemen running out the field, you're also including the quarterback of the team, the leader of the offense. Oh. Coming off, you're having a leader of the offense come off the field after gaining so much yards, after being a hot potato, and have either their second or third string quarterback come onto the field and finish the drive for them. Mm, that is... You, you do not win football games that easily with that type of offense. Yeah. Um, they, I think if that's the case, they may need to commit to their starter here because, simply put it, they, they're doing well in everything else. I mean, if they can fix that, I think they could be unstoppable. I agree with you. If they can fix that, they'll be unstoppable this year. That's the only thing that's holding them back right now. The only thing holding them back right now. That is true. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the Grand Rapids Dragons. Actually, I got my intern here. Thank you very much, Mr. Arterton, or whatever your name is. All right. So whatever, I'll whatever I'll send you a care fruit basket later. Anyway, uh, Fargo X-Men. Mm-hmm. What was the question you were asking me about them? Um... Well, I will they're really will, will they're rebuilding Grand Fruit, right? Yeah. Will this will this rebuild help them back up, or will they continue to wallow in pretty much terrible mediocrity? 
I'm honestly going to go out on a limb here and say that they just might potentially break out this year. Oh. Okay. I know that's huge coming from me, but honestly, don't a I don't care what people think, and two, they've had two really well, one really close preseason game against the Chicago Outlaws, where they only lost twenty to twenty-seven. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Their one big blowout in the preseason was against uh, what was it? Oh yeah, the Ramblers, where it was seventeen to thirty-four. That's only half the points right there. That's true. If you, if if they experiment with their offensive and defensive lines this year, if I have the right combination that works, they won't be wallowing in playoff woes. They'll actually improve. They might be a wild card team this year, but if they find the right formula that works, we might actually see the Fargo X Men in the playoffs. That's that is very encouraging news. If that is true for the X Men fans, so yeah, they. They just need to, coaching staff just needs to keep working the next uh, two, three games or so with different offensive schemes until they find the right guys and play, guys and girls that work, and then they'll be unstoppable. Okay, then. Uh, next up, we've got the Grand Rapids Dragons. Let me just get them up here. They also had a 7-9 and nine record, just snuck in. They were 11th in scoring... They were very good on defense with uh, 6 in points allowed, 10th in yards allowed. They were 11 in rushing and 7th in passing. They still they have a very good defense, but is that going to be enough to carry them? Because I don't know if they really got any big players on offense during this offseason. Wes, my friend, I just got something to tell you. Mm-hmm. The Dragons this, this preseason... Against the Waves, 19-16. to 16. And then against the Corsairs, 30-10. to 10. You tell me how good their defense is with those types of points on the board. Not great. Uh, I would have to say their defense is actually still pretty strong. Oh, I, oh, 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 now I get it. I thought you were saying yeah. it the other way around. I was uh, I was I was talking about their wins, smart one. Hello, wake up, smell the coffee. All right. Or did so. or did the or did the interns did give you decaf again? I don't drink coffee, mate. Don't drink it. You should start drinking it, my friend. But is their defense still enough? Heck, yeah. I almost said a different word. I don't yeah. want to say it because I'm I'm already getting glares from the producers. All right, sorry. All right. So I'll send y'all through baskets later, but. Yeah, I'd say the Grand Rapids defense is still strong enough, and their offense is actually still just as strong, too. So we might see the Dragons in the playoffs this year, more than likely. Well, they were there last year and actually got through to the (coughs) second round, so perhaps it's going to be back-to-back for them. Uh, Maybe even further. Yeah, maybe even further. Um, Next up, we've got the Eastern Bald Eagles, and they did not exactly look great last season. 6-10, 9th in scoring, 10th in points allowed, 9th in yards allowed, 8th in passing, and 9th... 8th in rushing, 9th in passing, and 8th in yards allowed. They say there weren't many changes for them over the offseason, but after seeing what has happened in the preseason and how pretty how they've been playing very good football, 
Will they improve? They haven't done much. Will they improve? The answer is yes. They have improved greatly since the since their last season, and I have to say, uh, I don't even know what to say here except. They didn't do much changes. They just had to pick up a few small keys that they needed, and apparently it's been working out good for them so far in the preseason. Will that translate into the regular season? I don't know, but it just might. It just might. I think it'll be interesting to see Easton and see how they go. Uh, finally, we've got the Chicago Outlaws. Unlucky not to make it to the Fur Bowl last year. They were 10-6, and six, but the stats say it all. They were first in scoring, tied first for points allowed. Fourth for yards allowed, fifth for rushing, second for passing. They've made some improvements over the offseason. Will this be their year? Will Chicago have their hands on Furball 4? The Bandits? I would have to say... I said the Outlaws, not the Bandits. Oh, the Outlaws. Sorry, sorry, Outlaws. Ah. Sorry, I'm getting... I'm looking at... The Vikings starting to kick in. Sorry about that. All right. That's fine. (coughs) Ah. Chicago Outlaws. Uh, honestly, I'd have to say it just might be their year more than likely. I don't know. Because, let's see, they out in the first preseason game against the Tropics, they, well, Tropics are crap anyway. I use the PG Relay word. Shut up over there, producers. I see you over there, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Chicago Outlaws destroyed the easily defeatable Tropics. And just a few days ago, they freaking went toe-to-toe with the Axemen at one by seven points. It was a close game all the way through. So mm-hmm. I would honestly have to say that the Outlaws might have a shot at making it. I think that's true as well. I mean, they had the 2016 MVP, Daria Smith, at quarterback. And I think that explains a lot of this from this team. I think I do think that they can make it back, and honestly... I think they can make it to the Furball, as I said before. But as I've said before, I've given, I have given my predictions for the playoffs. James, it's time for you to give yours. Who are the four teams going through in the Continental Conference? Who are the four teams going through in the United? And who are the two are going to, who you think will meet in the Furball? And who do you think will win that Furball? You're asking me a lot, son. You realize that? I hope I get paid overtime. <laughs> yeah, well, fine, fine. Well, anyway, let's see. For that, I think I'll make it. Well, let's see. We can let's start with the United Conference here. Let's see. Mm-hmm. I've already talked about the Bandits, Las Vegas Bandits. They might have a chance of making it to the postseason. Mm-hmm. Downriver Waves, they're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Florida Renegades, they might make it if they fix their quarterback situation. All right. Ramblers, probably. Mm-hmm. Chicago Outlaws, also a probability. Mm-hmm. And finally, I'm skipping New York because I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm probably going to say as a wild card, Corsairs. Okay. They might not make. They won't make it far, but I'm going. They probably won't make it past the wild card round, but I'm going to say Corsairs maybe. Okay, so you can say it's going to be mainly Las Vegas and the Corsairs fighting for that final fourth spot with the with the Renegades, Ramblers, and Outlaws making it. Yeah. Okay, so your pick for the your picks for the Continental Conference. Uh let's see. Baltimore, obviously. Mm-hmm. Montreal, no. 
Fargo. They just might. They just might if they fix a few things. Mm-hmm. I'm putting them as the wild card for that for that conference. Mm-hmm. Bald Eagles, Dons, Rapids, and Dragon. I mean, yep. Actually, no. Uh, what am I saying? Ah, uh, oh. I think you put the the former Spokane Rapids in that mix. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, Rapids, Dons, Eagles, and Ponies. Axmen might be a wild card, but I doubt it. Well, I mean, I think they probably will be a wild card. What am I saying? Okay. Ah, okay. Like okay, so you're saying that the Ponies, the Royales, Bald Eagles, the Dons, and perhaps the perhaps the Axmen will be in the fight for the playoffs. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Okay, so I'll just say Dons, Bald Eagles, Ponies, and Axmen. So, out of the those. So, who do you think out of each conference will make it to the furball? Out of each conference, I would say... I'm going to go with... Chicago Outlaws and... Ponies. Oh, that is a bit of a surprise there. And out of those two, who do you think will win it? Outlaws or Ponies? I gotta give it to Baltimore. They've been outscoring their opponents in the preseason heavily. Oh, that is a that is huge news there. I mean, the other guys didn't even think they'd get even anywhere close to it. But you are predicting Baltimore to win the Furball. We'll see if that happens. Thank you, James, for appearing on the show. Oh, no. We we hope to have you on for a lot longer next episode. But thanks for doing this segment with me. Yeah, I'm going to go back to my apartment and take a nap after this. All right. Thanks, guys. Back to you. And those were our thoughts on the UFL season. Guys, it's been a privilege to have you have you here. Jack, good luck this season with the Texas Ramblers. Thanks, Wes. And remember, everybody, eat those mellows. Jack mellows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charles, also thanks for joining us. You can come on any time you'd like. I mean, you've had a lot of good insight with us this this week. I mean, good luck in Montreal. Um, is there anything you want to say? I mean, anything perhaps even in French, maybe? Oh, uh, well, uh, I don't know, maybe. I'm just like, uh, I'm really excited for this season-là. Euh, ça va être euh, bien intéressant de voir qui c'est qui va se rendre, euh, qui va se rendre euh, à la finale pour le Furball. And uh, yeah, uh, I mean, you, you can you can still follow me uh, over at, at, at TFSN. Uh, I'm doing some reports there, and also don't forget my column about football in the Montreal Gazelle. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, uh, it was really fun to be here, and I look forward to maybe come back another time, maybe for a mid-season review, uh, yeah. a review of how things are are have been. Uh, well, really, I, I'm uh, I'm really stoked. Mm-hmm. And thank you guys for appearing on the show. It's great to have you here. Tyler Colt will be back next week, and considering his luck, he'll probably end up swearing on the on the first line of the show. <laughs> he wouldn't be like, "Hello, you." Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to say something. It goes, "Hey, you little." Oh, God. 
Well, I think someone's I think someone's fixed the freaking swearing button. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Pretty much. Um, James should be back in the back with us mainly next episode. Surprisingly, we haven't had any faffle news, but I do expect to be going hard and fast, so you can expect some more off-season stuff there. Uh, Jack, I think you're going to say that you think the Generals can win the Premiership next season. Good luck with that. Maybe maybe just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, well, you've got to improve some of that team first. Maybe a few Roy DeJesus moments. (laughs) Yeah, well... Well, Bartlett, I think, needs to get his nose into joint, but... I keep it in his pants. Yeah, keep, yeah, of course, I made that clearly known last episode. We're going to say farewell here. I'm Wes Carey. I've been Jack Knight. And I'm Ch- uh, Charles Belgeron. And thank you for listening to FSN. Thank you. Good night. Good night.